Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. I am super excited for today's episode. This is a bucket list item for me to get to interview Dr. John Demartini, a world-renowned human behavior expert, an international best-selling author, global educator, and the founder of the Demartini Method, a revolutionary tool in modern psychology. Dr. John's been on Larry King, Oprah, featured in the movie The Secret, Entrepreneur, Fox News, Sky News, Huffington Post, and probably everywhere else. Dr. John, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So you've been on a mission to advance human behavior and humanity for decades. What inspired your quest in the first place? <laughs> Illiteracy. <laughs> I had learning problems, speaking problems, educational problems that I wanted to overcome. And I had an epiphany one night when I was 17 to... Um, meeting a gentleman who inspired me one night to believe I could overcome my problems. And I figured that if I could, if I could do that, it would mean the world to me. And I found that every time I helped other people do the same, it helped me do it. So I just never, I never stopped once I learned that. And this is now 50 years and November will be 50 years. So I, well, uh, I love doing it. That's what I do every day. Absolutely. Well, happy anniversary in advance. <laughs> Um, now, there are tens of thousands of self-help, personal development, personal growth, self-improvement programs, books, tapes, courses on the market. Your signature program, The Breakthrough Experience, you've delivered it in over 64 countries to over 100,000 students to date, and that number is probably higher than that. Why do you think yours stands the test of time and is so different? Well, I've done it 1,147. I'm about to do 1,148 times. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've been synthesizing and condensing and researching all these 50 years. And I don't know, I'm on a relentless pursuit uh, of assisting people. I really can't tell you about all the other programs. I don't focus on all the other programs. I just focus on delivering what I can do that can serve people. And, I, and I've been doing it. And I think that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. My dad said, if you deliver more than what people expect, you don't worry about business. And it's, it seems to be true. So I, I don't know. I wish I could tell you about all those other programs. I don't know anything. I don't know about all those programs. I just know that I've been dedicated to anything that maximizes human awareness and potential and do my best to try to share that with as many people as I can around the world. 
and obviously you've had incredible success helping others do that. Why do you think that people limit themselves? Why do you think, what is, what are some of the mistakes people are making when that are standing in their way, when they're trying to improve their lives, their awareness, their potential, et cetera? Well, every human being has a set of priorities, a set of values that they're living their life by. Many times they're unconscious of what those are. And whatever's highest on their list of values, they're spontaneously inspired from within to act upon them and they're fulfilling. Whatever's lower, they require extrinsic motivation to get them to do it. If you require extrinsic motivation to do what you say is important, it's not important. And many times the source of that desire to do things that aren't really priority is the comparison of yourself to other people and putting people on pedestals and minimizing yourself relative to them and injecting the values of others into your life and distracting yourself from your own mission and comparing yourself. You know, we're going to be, if we live in the shadows of others, instead of standing on the shoulders of giants, we're not going to go as far. And we're, if we're a cat trying to swim like a fish or a fish trying to climb a tree like a cat, we're not going to appreciate ourselves. So we're, we're not here to have a dysmorphia uh, about who we are by exaggerating. When we see somebody in the mall and we go, okay, they're smarter than us or more intelligent than us or have more money than us and make those kind of comparisons, we'll minimize ourselves and then we'll go into our amygdala response and then look for immediate gratification, which cost us in the great achievements, instead of get onto what's highest in priority and delegate the lower priorities. I learned when I was 27 to don't do desperate things. Don't do low priority things. Stick to the highest priority things and build incremental momentum doing it. So I just, I love teaching, researching, and writing. I just do that every day, seven days a week. That makes a lot of sense. Now, you have had um, a very interesting take on, let's say, the pandemic of the last couple of years. Talk a little bit about how you believe you can, you know, you, we can use this as a force for good in our lives. Well, St. Corona has an upside too. There's, I don't think there's anything that has a downside without an upside or an upside without a downside. I don't, I don't look as things good and evil. I always say, if you make things good and evil, the world around you runs you. If you see neither good nor evil, you run you from within. And I'd rather have a transcendent view. And, and if I'm seeing something down and having an instinct to avoid it, I immediately go, what's the upside that I'm overlooking? You know, if you're, if you're resenting something and looking down on it and thinking it's terrible, that means you're conscious of the downsides and unconscious of the upsides. And if it's terrific and you're looking up to it and you're blind to the downsides, you're, you're conscious of the upsides and unconscious of the downsides. But if you see both sides at the same time and you're fully conscious, it's not running you because anything you infatuate or resent occupies space and time in mind and runs you. Anything you are really present with and balanced in and love, you run. So I'd rather go ask quality questions to make me aware of what I've been unconscious of, balance the equation and set myself free from those labels and get on with my mission. I'm a man on a mission. I'm not addicted to success or frightened of failure. I don't look at those. I don't seek. Anytime you seek one, you are frightened of the other. If you see both of them having both opportunities, you just walk the path down the center. You have taught over the years that um, asking ourselves better questions results in better quality answers, can change our emotional state, can point us in the right direction. What are some of the most empowering questions you ask yourself? Well, there's a bunch of them. I mean, I've got, I got millions of them. Uh, one thing is, what is it I would absolutely love to do in life? How do I get handsomely paid to do it? So my vocation, vacation are the same. What are the highest priority action steps I can do today 
that allows me to fulfill that and serve ever greater numbers of people in the most efficient, effective manner uh, with the resources I have, um, how, what are the, what's the obstacles I might run into and how do I solve them in advance? What, what worked, what didn't work to do? How do I do tomorrow what I did? How do I do it more efficiently and effective tomorrow? And how did, no matter what happened to me, how did it get me one step closer to what I'm striving for? Those are great questions. Absolutely. But also, when, you, when you're seeing something you think is a distraction or you're resenting in somebody, you just immediately go, okay, what specific behavior are they demonstrating? And then go look inside yourself. Where do I demonstrate that? <laughs> and calm down the, the superiority or inferiority complexes. The reason why we minimize ourselves to others or exaggerate ourselves to others, which makes us inauthentic, is we're not looking within ourselves at what we see in others. And it's been historically proven in psychology that uh, whatever we see in others is a reflection of what we haven't loved in ourselves. Wow. Folks, if you're taking notes, that was definitely a writer downer, um, a profound concept. What You are a big proponent of setting yourself up to win, of being in a loving, giving state. Um, what's your morning routine? Well, that varies because I have a crazy schedule because... <laughs> Sometimes I'm speaking all from two in the afternoon all the way to four in the morning. And sometimes I'm, it, it's all hours because from, you know, Zoom around the world today, it's crazy hours. So getting up, whatever that may be, uh, whatever time that may be, um, I usually get up and uh, relieve my bladder <laughs> and uh, brush my teeth, drink some water, sometimes do my exercise, not every day, but um Usually we'll have some, uh, you know, wash and shave and all that. Then I'll have some breakfast and then I'll go to work. And I'm either teaching, researching or writing. And um, the webinars or keynotes or live or I just did a consult this morning, another meeting this morning. And now I'm on a podcast. And I have another seminar in about an hour. So I'm, I'm, I keep a full schedule. I, I figure that if I don't fill my day with what's inspiring to me, it fills up with things I'm not inspired by. So I just fill my day with things that inspire me daily. How do you maintain your attitude and your grace in light of world events or adversities that might come your way? I don't choose to see things as, as adversities. I, I don't think that that makes any sense to me. I see them as events, but I always say that if I see it as a traumatic event or an ecstatic event, that means I'm under a, some sort of subjective bias. As John Milton said, you can make a heaven out of a hell or hell out of a heaven. You can go in there and ask, what are the upsides? You know, when people were talking about uh, the Ukrainian thing, and I, I was saying, okay, but if you look carefully, you'll also find out that people around the world are taking people in, giving them clothes, giving them food, giving them things, and there's heroes for every villain, and for every one that's trying to destroy their country, there's other people trying to help the people. I mean, if you go and see only one side, you're going to be devastated. If you see the other side, you're going to be inspired. If you put the two together, you're going to find out that there's another experience of love in life. So I, if, if I caught, feel myself reacting with a seeking, which is an impulse of the amygdala or avoiding, I know I'm not seeing things as it is. We're, I'm seeing things as I'm misperceiving. So I take the time to take every event that I see and turn it back into a, a balanced event. And then I'm not run by it. I, I run it. I run anything I balance in my mind. I'm run by anything I don't. You referred to the incredible amount of time you spend helping others every day how do you maintain your energy level with as you mentioned like hours working around the world depending on time zones all over the place you know i don't seem to be affected by that <laughs> i uh 
I mean, I, for 35 years, I did four hours sleep. And for 35 years, I was on the go. And now I'm sleeping a little bit more, you know, I'm, I'm 68 almost. And, and so now I'm, I, I do a little bit more sleeping because I have to get up and pee sometimes in the middle of the night and I don't get back to bed right within five seconds. So I'm sleeping a bit more, but I full on, I, I keep a pretty busy schedule. You know, it, it, as long as my physical body is able to do it, if it stops and says, okay, that's it. Well, then that'd be a different story, but right now it's still cranking. And uh, so I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't have an issue with that. I, I don't have a lot. I always say that energy is infinite once you recognize its source. And the source of energy is being, you know, vividness and vision. You know, your vitality in life is directly proportionate to the vividness of your vision, the clarity of your calling, and the most uh, empowerment of your own vision and, and mission in life. If you're doing something you love to do and you can see how you're doing it, then it, you're full of energy. If you're feeling like, if you're, and I also delegate everything else. I, you know, I haven't driven a car in 32 years. I haven't cooked since I was 24. I delegate everything except teach, research, and write. You know, when my girlfriend, uh, when I tell her, I said, look, I, I'm, I'm busy right now. Can I delegate sex to you? She's, she said, what do you mean? And I, I said, well, I've got Hugh Jackman, Brad Pitt, Gerard Butler, George Clooney to, to make love with you on my behalf, a, a delegation. And I said, so if I delegate to you, will you still love me? And she says, I'll love you even more. So I found <laughs> that very, very productive to delegate. <laughs> I've never heard anyone give that quite a graphic example of delegation, but you I, took it I, to I, all I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yes, I know. I'm having know. some fun here. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate this, your sense of humor. So when um, talk about from the business perspective, how do you continue to market the business, get your message out, keep selling out events all over the world? Well, I mean, I have my my fluctuations in the in the game, so I don't want to give people the impression that I'm always, you know, just abundantly. Sometimes there's ups and downs and like, you know, things like that. But I I just keep doing it. I don't know. I, I, as long as I, I feel it's my responsibility as a teacher to be at the cutting edge of research and deliver something that's meaningful, that's, that's, you know, gives them a value. If I provide them more value than they can get somewhere else, they're going to keep making a decision to utilize my service. So that's my responsibility. And if I stop doing that, well, my business goes down. That's, that's life. Everybody's making a decision based on what they believe will give them the greatest advantage or disadvantage at any moment. So if I can provide them, come, come get, look at all the options out there and I can provide them something that's more valuable than their options, they'll keep using me. And that's, so far, I, I've been doing it pretty well. I mean, I can't complain, but I'm sure that uh, there's lots of people that I haven't been able to serve as well as I'd, I'd like to. But, um, you know, and then I get that feedback. Every time when it's not, uh, you know, flooding in with some sort of a, a demand, it's a feedback to let you know that somehow you're self-righteously projecting your assumptions onto the market instead of meeting the market. You have been, as you mentioned, on the cutting edge of human development and research for a very long time. How do you stay on top of things that are going on? How do you, um, how do you do your research? How do you find time for, how do you make time for it? And how do you know what to listen to and what to avoid? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't have anything else to do because I've delegated that. You know, I, I, uh, I, I can I share a funny story? It's a ridiculous Please. story. I, I, I just flew in from Australia. I got in late that night. I was in my office really early at 730. Um, and people started coming in around eight. And I forgot to unlatch the door. So when I was in there, I was in my office quietly on my computer. Nobody even knew I was there because I didn't unlatch the door. Well, when then my staff started coming in, there's a guy named uh, you know Keith and his and his uh, wife Rhonda. They both worked for me, 
And he, he walked in. He didn't know I was in the back. He said, well, get ready for a whirlwind today. He's going to delegate lots of stuff today. Get ready. You know, he, he, he's preparing for the day because he knows I'm going to download a bunch of delegations. And he says, well, you know, we do damn near everything except wipe his butt, you know. <laughs> so I, I got a, a delegation form out with a paper clip and put some tissue paper in it. <laughs> I told him 1030. <laughs> That is awesome. It's a, you haven't figured out how to delegate that yet. That's one more thing on the list. But I'm I'm a firm believer that if you delegate a lot of uh, your lower priority stuff and stick to what you do best, you know, build momentum around what you're that one thing that you love doing, um, you'll have more vitality. You'll end up with more identity. You know, I, I know that people think that Donald Trump's a crazy guy and he is at times. I've known him for 29 years. And one thing I learned from Donald uh, is, you know, stick with something long enough where people identify you as it as a brand. You know, that's why I do the breakthrough experience 1,147, almost eight times now. And uh, because I, I just keep doing it. I keep polishing it, refining it, and looking at new ways of adding to it. And if you stay with something long enough and, and just keep doing it and do the old Gladwell 10,000. Now, I've taught breakthrough, you know, 33, almost 34 years. I put in 29,000 hours just in presenting that program. So 10,000 is, is a minimum, but 29,000 just in that one program. So if you do something long enough, you get pretty good at it. So don't give up on things, stay with it and build something and build a brand around it and let people see that you're committed to a quality service that makes a difference. <clears throat> Amen to that. In all of your research, what are you uncovering are what trends, what's coming that you haven't told, that you haven't broadcasted to the world yet? Where, where is the research that isn't out yet? Like, what are you seeing is coming next? Well, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, there's a, you know, Paul Dirac, the Nobel Prize winner said, it's not that we don't know so much. We know so much that ain't so. You know, we're, we're bombarded with uh, misinformation, subjective biases, uh, you know, polarized information. We're, we're, we're sold the opiums to the masses. And uh, people are taught all kind of fantasies about relations, about business, about all kind of stuff. And I'm uh, I'm not good at that. That's not my expertise is selling the fantasy. I, I'm more of a fantasy breaker and get you grounded. I just got off a consult with a, a gentleman and I he, he was expecting me to support his fantasy and I just crushed it. <laughs> just crushed his fantasy and got him grounded with some real objective data and to make sure he was gonna make profit and do things. At the end, he got tears in his eyes and he said, thank you, I needed that. I've got all my friends supporting my fantasy and I'm sitting with anxiety because I know I haven't done my due diligence. You just got my due diligence in place. I said, well, your executive center is mitigating the risks that your amygdalas want to fantasize about. Beware of the amygdala, it can take you into immediate gratification and long-term vision pays way more than immediate gratification. If you could go back in time and give that 17-year-old John some advice, what would you tell him? You're on track. Stick with it. <laughs> Go follow your vision. <laughs> you're, 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 you're on track, man. I, I wouldn't change anything. I, I don't uh, go to bed with regrets. I go back and I, and anything I learned from when I was 23, I had a, a, a guy named Lakishwa Ram, who was a great mystic at six PhDs. He was 35 years old. He's an amazing guy. He's a great mentor. And he said to me, he said, don't ever go to bed uh, until you can look through your entire day and say, thank you. If there's any part of that day you can't say thank you for, don't go to bed until you can reframe it in such a way that you can be grateful for it. And that way you, you go to bed with gratitude. I keep a record of everything that I'm, I got to do each day and put my gratitudes on it and, and uh, make sure that I'm thankful for what I get. 
But if you're grateful for what you get, you get more to be grateful for. So I'm that I use that as my guide each day. And that's a, a fuel builder. And also, a, a you know, if you if you got regret in life, it's because you haven't taken the time to look at what's happened and seen how it served others and see it served you in the process. Well, we are grateful for the time that you were able to spend with us today. We know you've got a seminar in just a little bit. So Dr. Demartini, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly, greatly appreciate your time. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. So thank you. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Make sure you go to drdmartini.com, take the values analyzer, find a breakthrough experience, get one of the 40 books or the 85 programs. It will change your life. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.